This week on the Throncast, Kabarak gets into trouble with Grand Admiral Thrawn, Luke meets Sabioth, and we learn why adult Nancy began to ship Mon Mothma and Garmbel Iblis so hard. Check your seats to make sure you're not secretly on board the Katana fleet. It's time for the Throncast. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. The Empire is getting better at anticipating our moves. I underestimated the commander. Previous attacks were clumsy, but this one was swift, precise. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hello, and welcome to the Throncast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today we're discussing chapters 13 through 16 of Dark Force Rising. Joining me on this legendary journey are my co-hosts, Brian. Hello, hello. Matthew. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Amanda. I'm only going to say hello once. <laughs> and Tyler. Hi. I changed <laughs> it up there. Ooh. <laughs> so welcome, everyone. I, after we um, guest starred on Rogue Padron last week, I, I thought maybe I should try to come up with witty ex- descriptions of everyone. But then I decided that was too much work. So you just get your name. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I don't think I would want to hear a witty description of me anyway. (laughs) Brian and I were described as the planet Pluto because you only care about us when you feel like it. (laughs) It was good. So, yes, we are back this week. Um, Rebels was also back this week. Oh, not really back because it's been regular new episodes. But uh, Thrawn was back in the episode in Inside Man. Uh, we're going to refrain from spoiling the show because some of us haven't watched it yet, Matthew. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> we'll return and discuss it in greater depth next week. Yes, but um, just basically Thrawn was awesome and he knows things and it's good. Without spoiling I mean, he it. wouldn't be Thrawn if he didn't know things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, without spoiling I'm imagining that uh, screenshot of Adventure Time where it's the cat. <laughs> but it's uh, it's Thrawn's face on the cat, and it's like I I have approximate I have approximate knowledge of many things. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I I will say without spoiling anything, uh, the last episode of Rebels was a distillation of why Thrawn was so feared in universe and why readers loved him so much. Yes, nice. I Ooh. have I have absolute one hundred percent confidence that the. Rebels team is going to continue to do him well, and I just really hope that they don't continue the trend of killing off the big bad each season. Yeah, that, I've I want been worried to, about that. I want I'm him like, to stick around for longer. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I I like Rebels and all, but like, and this sounds harsh, but I don't want him like wasted on Rebels, basically. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, I want, I want more of him. The last two seasons were Force Acolytes that kind of had to die before a new hope for Thrawn. I see him getting put on a bus for use later. Yeah. I hope so. He, I mean, his in universe 
a backstory, and this isn't spoiling anything for Thrawn trilogy because it's happened before, was he basically got exiled for failure. So that they can do the exact yeah, they, same they, thing they here. They can do the same thing here yeah. and just <laughs> banish him to the unknown regions. Yeah. But uh, I hope I hope they don't do that. Be rediscovered by the the uh, what are they called? The First Order. Yeah, yeah. So I'm oh god, that like, would be awesome. Sit out the next thirty years and then old grizzled Thrawn would be so cool. <laughs> that would, oh my god, that would be so awesome. That was guys are only pink now. He He's would totally. Eye. That's really gross. <laughs> to give to give Armitage Hux a nice smackdown. Yes. Oh man. Oh my god. He would. Up. He would hate Hux so much. <laughs> Precious. Why are you he yelling hate, all the time? He doesn't hate Hux. <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> oh yeah. A petulant little. Child. I mean, I like him because he's very. Uh, he he has a lot of. He's a good bad guy. Yeah, he has a, he has a lot of feeling in his speeches. I like his speech, but yeah. I mean, we 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 need like a good variety of bad guys for right. every Thrawn. We need a Hux, you know. It's yes, like exactly balance. Yes. So um yeah, uh, th- uh Rebels was really good this week. And, oh, so uh, spoil this for me. Okay. That ridiculous Star Destroyer show up. Um. I know because okay, they good. were they were on um they were on the thaw the like, also the that time. Star Destroyer oh, okay. is not ridiculous it's sexy as hell but I mean that Star Destroyer has already been on the show well right but we haven't seen like the bottom yeah we half have of it. we have wait we did yes it's just it's not noticeable it's it's okay. really not you have to like it, it, like it. <laughs> yeah and like do contrast and stuff so I, in reality it's not as ridiculous as as the art makes it look <laughs> so that's good i guess <laughs> <laughs> so some housekeeping before we get into the chapter discussion last next week is our last episode before our holiday break um we are ending at chapter 20 oh, the, the holiday called rogue one yes, <laughs> yes that's a really and also a uh, family visiting for christmas that's also the important thing but mainly rogue one mainly mainly rogue one <laughs> yeah uh so yeah that that will be our last episode and i do not apologize for the cliffhanger at the end of chapter 20 because it's awesome and you guys are gonna hate me it's great <laughs> uh so chapter 20 uh when we last left our chapter heroes 13 yeah damn it <laughs> <laughs> we're not there yet numbers are hard chapter 20 is really awesome okay chapter 13 when we last left our heroes uh grand admiral thrawn was arriving at uh cabarrock's village uh for the second time uh catching leia and the rest of the nogri off guard so they are immediately scrambling, trying to figure out what the hell to do and where to hide. Uh, there really isn't much place to hide. Leia wants to cut a hole in the duka, which is, I don't know how you pronounce that, but that's, that's how, how I say it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mostly, I'm surprised there aren't more like apostrophes <laughs> in yeah. there. <laughs> no, great. Well, the no great don't really have apostrophes. They have <laughs> sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that actually that that sound made me remember someone had reminded me today what the chiss language is called and it's really in a terrible name chunt is it as, is it as bad as that musical uh genre 
Yeah, it's no, it's it's. it's... I'm sorry. What musical genre, Matthew? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I believe I was referring to the music known as jizz, Brian. (laughs) Oh God. Moving on. No, I wasn't gonna say. No. So what's the jizz language called? It's a chunt. It's C H E U N T H. I think. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Why couldn't they just call it chiss? Right. No. But anyway, so. Leia wants to escape, but then she hears uh, bombers flying around outside, so she's like, uh, yeah, we can't do that. So- I appreciate that she at least spares a thought for the fact that, oh, wait, this is sort of a sacred building, yeah. probably yeah. <laughs> ancient, and maybe my idea to cut a hole in it is not the kindest thing I could have come up with. she's a politician. Right Those are the things she thinks of. But it takes her a minute to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they uh, so they decide to hide in this booth, which I have a really hard time visualizing this building in my too. head. So yeah. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of picturing like a confessional booth. Kind of. Uh, like, that like kind of booth, not a like restaurant booth. That makes more right. sense. Okay. But anyway, it's hiding inside a piece of furniture, and we're talking about a woman who is six months pregnant with twins mm-hmm. and a Wookiee. Yep. <laughs> and bigger also, than a confessional booth. And, uh, and they have a, uh, a droid who uh, points out, should I hi- where should I hide? And then she's, and like, she's oh, like, oh, shit. She's like, oh, right, Sophia, you're here. <laughs> yeah. So um, then the best thing happens uh, where Chewie throws 3PO over his shoulders and sticks him in the light fixture hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> Brilliant. And turns him off. <laughs> yes. It's a star, like, starburst light fixture. And I'm like, could you imagine if Thrawn just having to look up and be like, uh, <laughs> Why is there a protocol droid in the lighting? Yeah, I mean, he would figure it out eventually. But um, because honor? <laughs> <laughs> I just think, like, the look on his face as he saw it would just be almost worthwhile to get captured. <laughs> it would be. It would be. Um, so, um, I... <laughs> this This... This section really made me not laugh, but I was like, man, this matriarch has got some, you know, cojones because she's basically blaming Leia for damning them and all of this. And it's like, um, Leia's also going to get into trouble a lot more than you probably. So which one yeah. has the yes. Imperial death warrant hanging over their head? Yeah. You yes. screwed us, Leia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it wasn't, you know, Kabarak was the one who invited them. So... Yeah. chill never mind track. your own execution we're gonna suffer yeah <laughs> so uh thrawn arrives and um they leia describes his voice as calm and coolly modulated which i pointed out because when um rebels when the rebels trailer first came out at celebration I know a lot of longtime Legends fans who had played um, TIE Fighter and other games where Thrawn was a character did not like his voice. They thought it was like too kind of lilting. Um, I I disagreed with them because <laughs> I'm, I'm like... I'm pretty sure the only direction that actor has gotten is calm and coolly modulated. Right, I mean... <laughs> like, th- that is it to a T. Yeah, so I don't know, like, I mean, I guess, yeah, the the games might... I, I can see if you grew up playing the games, you would probably 
get that stuck in your head. But, sure, absolutely. But, but I, what does he sound like in the games? I don't know because I didn't play it. Uh, Brian just stepped Brian? out of the room, so I will. Oh, I, was I will. Say, Brian, Brian I will, knows. I'll ask him when he gets back here. But uh, our Tie Fighter expert. Yeah. So uh, Thrawn accuses Kabarak of lying to them about his time on Kashyyyk, and demands to know about him being imprisoned there. He places Kabarak under imperial arrest to the protest of the Matrak, and Thrawn orders the area surrounding the village to be bombarded as a reminder of that the Empire is now the law on Honegger. I really uh, like this moment. Like the the description of the bombardment is is really visceral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, we we hear about like oh, to start destroyers can like level you know a city, blah blah blah. But like, it's nice to get like a physical reminder of that. Yeah, and they're still in orbit too. Like one of my complaints about um, rebels and some of the other canon. New, newer canon materials is that Star Destroyers are shown like kind of in planetary atmosphere and I was always under the assumption that in Legends that Star Destroyers couldn't do that or I mean they could but it was just so impractical and that's why they had shuttles and everything. Yeah I mean like you have to wonder about like the the drag on like the atmosphere and yeah. a hole that big and like just like the noise it would make yeah it's like they they seem like orbit only kind of things yeah and fuel consumption in atmosphere is way heavier than fuel consumption in vacuum too so yeah there's just a lot of practical reasons not to do it even if you could yeah aren't there like supposed to be like different like size i know again imperial star destroyer sizes is a whole thing are, are, are there supposed to be like different size star destroyers i believe like, I, I mean so. like i don't mean like the super and the and the imperial but like i think so i i know there's different canon? i know there's different classes of star destroyers i don't yeah. know if they're different lengths okay because I, I mean you could somebody suggest, ask Jay. I am right yeah, now, could, actually. Here's another, yeah, another question for Jay. You could, you know, maybe assume or guess or hope that like the ones in Rebels are like the smaller ones, yeah. and that the ones we see in the movies are the bigger ones. But yeah, that I mean, it's a nice visual, but yeah, it always kind of it threw me the first time. I was like, oh, Star Destroyer can go into the atmosphere. All right, <laughs> so I guess we just cut away from the whole like flaming entry like you know, sequence every <laughs> <Yeah>. time <laughs> sorry i overheard while i was in the hallway there was a tie fighter question there was a tie fighter question brian um so i i i, I highlighted the description of thron's voice as calm and coolly modulated because there were people who didn't like his voice when the rebels trailer came out um and I know some people complain about it because it was not like it was in TIE Fighter. So the question was, what was his voice like in TIE Fighter? See, calm and coolly modulated sounds a lot more like Lars Mikkelsen than it does what was in TIE Fighter. Okay. In TIE Fighter, it was a very low and gruff and angry voice. Uh, see, yeah. I mean, uh, like, I'm his <laughs> friend, Admiral Thrawn. And, and there was a line, I was like, Commander Peleon, commence the attack. It's yeah. like, mm. So, yeah, not exactly calm, cool, and collected. Lars Mikkelsen fits better with what's actually textually in the book. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. And I I, I actually, I haven't really been trying to pick picture or hear the voice in my head as I've been reading until I got to this scene and I re- was reminded, oh, yeah, uh, I can I can do that now. 
So now the same thing happened to me. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. I've spent how many years not hearing Thrawn's voice in my head, you know? So, yeah. So, um, Leia, I like the moment when Leia is like, oh my God, did he just like blow up the Duca while we're standing in here? And then she realizes, oh no, it's around the village. No, because we're not free floating atoms. We're not dead. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Thrawn in his, um, he's so, um, you know, caring about the Nokri's, uh, culture and customs that he allows them to take Kabarak to the city of Nisteo for three days of public shaming as in accordance with their laws. Good Lord. Sounds fun. What a guy. He's, he's, he's- He's very culturally sensitive. You know, you have to give him that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It actually reminds me of how he is in Rebels because he's so polite, you know, and you're just, you just want to sit down and have some tea with him and then he will kill you. Well, and when he got super mad at that, he got super mad at that one guy because he implied that Hera's family heirloom thing was garbage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, I, lo- I, I love it. So, yeah, uh, that is chapter 13. Moving on to chapter 14. Luke is He's here. Skywalker. Yeah. I think you mean ripped Obi-Wan is finally here. Stop. Shh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Matthew, stop it. Away. <laughs> 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 so yes, um Luke is back. Yay. Um he is, arrives on Joe Mark, um, reaching out to Sabioth as he lands, but uh Sabioth does not deign to answer him. Luke wonders <laughs> if this is a test of his abilities, and then I like his response, well, he was game. <laughs> it's just like, Luke. I know, it's so funny. Why can't Luke ever find any sane Jedi mentors? <laughs> Yoda was sane. Yoda was Yoda was literally just messing with Yoda him. was sane, but he was potentially the universe's biggest troll. Well, yes. And you know, Yoda had gone like, you know, 20 years without, you know, intelligent yeah. conversation. So he <laughs> probably was crawling the walls a little bit. Obi-Wan. And yes, was- I know he spoke to Ezra in the interim. That's why I said intelligent conversation. Yeah. And- <laughs> And, oh. Oh. oh, oh, and and, and then there's uh, Obi Wan who's just a lying liar that lies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, um, so Luke, uh, so anyway, yeah, Luke lands on a mansion. Uh, he's trying to find out not on a mansion. What am I saying, Nancy? He could have had a landing pad. He on the should roof, have not exactly the way they described it. He should have he landed kind of, on it. He lands next to a castle. <laughs> yes. So he's like looking around trying to think where this guy would have been, where he could have hid and then come out of hiding. Sees this basically castle on a mountain. And Savioth is just standing outside. So he's like, I guess this is the place. I like that, like, Luke, like, you know, presumably, like, Kaboth or Savioth, however we want to say it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do a super cut of Matthew getting mad at how this is pronounced. <laughs> um, I'm still so mad about that. Um, <laughs> presumably, like, he wants Luke to find him, like, through the force. But, like, right. Luke just sort of logics his way through it. And I, I really enjoy that. Okay. Oh wait, we have an we have an answer before we move on from Jay. 
Oh, good. <laughs> um, Live updates. He says ISD ones and ISD twos are the same size, but they differ in armament and some structural details, communication towers and engines. Okay. Jay is very helpful. Yeah. Thank so you. So we are just cutting away from the roaring entry sequence every <laughs> yeah. time. Yes. But <laughs> most most importantly about uh, the difference there is uh, ISD twos are nicknamed Impstar Deuces, and that's more fun to say. Okay. What are the other ones named? Not Impstar Deuces. <laughs> Not Impstar Deuces. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. moving back uh, to Luke. Uh, so... <laughs> He describes uh, he describes Sabioth as old but not feeble, and the half open brown robe revealed a chest that was strongly muscled. To which I go, yeah, it did. yeah, it did. Why? Why would Luke notice that chest that was strongly muscled? You got to do it with the right gravel in your voice. No, <laughs> the half open brown robe revealed a chest that was strongly muscled. <laughs> Oh, that's even better. Fun fact, that's how Sabia talks normally. <laughs> He's Admiral Oh my god, Sabia is Akbar. I'm committing that to my head canon oh god, forever. No. <laughs> oh yeah, so that's gross. And I never need to think about that again or Luke thinking of him that way again. This is not Tyler's fanfic corner. <laughs> I was just about I to will ask cancel the show. Well, see, that's waiting until the end. No. <laughs> okay, you want to do it now? Fine. No. no. Hey, welcome to Tyler's Fanfic Corner. No. Um, I'm not letting it happen. This, there's <laughs> never been any Luke Kaboff fanfic, and I nope ever. I I guarantee you, there's tons. <laughs> Tyler just well, gave me a yes. Um, Actually, there's a certain fanfic that I'm, that I'm saving until the end oh, of this book. All right. Uh, but uh, I think uh, I think that uh, Nancy especially will enjoy it. But no, um, so <laughs> no. In um, oh god! In 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 <laughs> honor of uh, of Rogue One coming out next week, um, I've I found a I found a podcast or I found a fanfic that's uh, one. It has really nothing to do with this story at all. <laughs> but uh, I just it's it's so good. Like the tags and the description is just like it's so so good, so good. Okay, so the title is called. This is all in lowercase, by the way. So you know, <laughs> it's like aesthetic, right? Uh, bad blood, no holds barred. Take this thing by the throat and walk away. Which is the lyrics for a ch- church's song. Oh my <laughs> anyway, God. the uh, the ships in this are Generso, Leia Organa, unrequited ish Generso, Mon Mothma. Unrequited Lay Organa Mon Mothma. Um, let's see. Hate sex. Jin and Leia are very punchy friends. Friends who hate each other. It's complicated. Casual sex force choking. Jesus. <laughs> no. Of course. No. Okay, so okay, hang on. I'm trying to find like the the best thing in this in this, you know, description to read, because there's a lot. <laughs> Okay, hang on. Oh, God. Okay. Leia Organa, though. Jin takes one look at her and feels her blood pressure rise. She's soft and smooth and rounded with curves, every line of her screaming rich and powerful and too good for you or so. Jin's trying to unlearn how to punch her way out of things she doesn't like, but she would. 
She'd punch Leia in the mouth and drag her straight down to the dirt if she could. And it oh feels God. like it's written all over her. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's intense. <laughs> Seriously. AO3, you won weird place. Yeah. She's, Look, we she's haven't so, got, we haven't this got is, someone. This I've, is like Bob's Burgers. He's so cute. I want to slap him. <laughs> moving back. I need an adult. Moving back to Luke <laughs> and Sabioth, which Sabioth's is not something we should. Abs. No. Just, just wait. Just wait. I, I found, I found things. Now to Sabioth in dark corners. Now, in addition to glistening abs, does Sabioth have glistening pecs? Of course he does. Of course. Of course Everything's he does. Look, no, what he does every morning is just yes, like he continually sprays himself that with oil. <laughs> that that is my canon as well. Okay. His, his, his lightsaber is is a is a also uh, a spray bottle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's um, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are bad. Just remember, you started this show. I did start this show. <laughs> So, uh, Luke gets out of his X-Wing and Sabioth, the first thing he says is basically like, what the hell took you so long? <laughs> and Luke Are is- we sure this isn't like a fanfic? Because this, this honestly like sounds like the beginning. Of no, a- stop. <laughs> no fanfic. Really? Because you have quoted here, the force, it's calling to you. Just let it, let in. it in. Hey, um, let me get there in the show notes. <laughs> I had a point for putting it there. I I bet you did. <laughs> Are we gonna let you get to that point? Who knows? <laughs> so um he My wife just flipped me off. I did just flick you off. <laughs> so let it in. Luke scolds him or Chabia scolds Luke for not showing up sooner, and Luke is like, uh, sorry, sir. And I'm like, why are you calling him sir? Duh, because this is a fanfic. Apparently. <laughs> so um, they discuss why Luke has come to Jomark. And Sabioth says that when the Force calls, you must listen. And how Jedi must always be in control. And I was just, I was reminded of the that line from the Force Awakens trailer. Although I hope that the that Force calling to Rey was a lot um, nicer than <laughs> Sabioth's <laughs> Force. Because <laughs> he's just kind of a jerk. Um, the whole time Luke wonders if he made the right choice in coming here and if he and this is the type of man he wants teaching Leia's kids which made me happy reading this um, this time around because one of the things I always didn't like about this trilogy is how easily Luke was taken in by Sabioth um, well see that's like that was something I was I was thinking about when I when I read this and I think it's like a really interesting like reflection not only on Luke's like personality but on his experiences cuz like you know yeah he's still got some of the naive trusting farm boy in him but also like consider like you know his two like examples of what a Jedi is like. There's Obi-Wan, who, as you mentioned, is a lying liar who lies. And then there's Yoda, who is the world's biggest troll. You know, so like he's like he doesn't really know what to expect. And so because I always it always kind of bugged me, too, that like that Luke just like kind of goes along with this. Yeah. Well, um, and, but he, building the Jedi Order, it 
at one point it was very theoretical, right? He's going to rebuild the Jedi Order. This thing is on his shoulders. This is his mission. And it was very spiritual and very theoretical. And suddenly it's not theoretical anymore. There are two on the way and they will be here and someone has to teach him. And I think he finds that a bit overwhelming to realize that he really is going to have to shoulder the responsibility. And so the idea of finding a Jedi master, any Jedi master that can mentor him through that, that can elevate him to the level of Jedi master the way he feels like it should be. Mm -hmm. He's, he's grasping for that. He's desperate for that. That said, I do appreciate that. Like, his first reaction is basically, I don't want this guy near my niece and nephew. Right. It, it was, it, I, I've, I really appreciated that. Cause it, it reminds me of something like, um, one of the things I think about a lot is even though I don't have a kid yet is who would I want to raise my kid if something was to happen to me, <laughs> you know? And that's like something you see in like sitcoms where like, oh, they have to choose who the guardian is, but, but the people get mad and blah, blah, blah. But then you they think- fun. Yeah. We're both thinking of that episode of Everybody Loves Rain. Yes, now, that's exactly, we? yeah, that's exactly it. But I'm like, I'm thinking, thinking about- godfather episode of seinfeld <laughs> <laughs> yes that that too but yeah it's like so you have to like y you know think of okay someone you're close to someone you know probably who lives in the same area so your kids don't get displaced but then it's like okay what do they believe what what deep down are they gonna teach your kids are they gonna teach them what you want or what they want and i'm like that's really hard to figure to, to decide, and this this and this isn't even like that that monumentous yeah. a decision because like this is just like you know basically like picking a teacher, yeah, and like it's like showing up at you know the parent teacher night and being like I I don't want you near my kid anymore, and I'm, that <laughs> happens a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I I appreciated that, and I I, I I'm glad to revisit this and realize that Luke isn't just like, oh, okay, I'll I'll listen to whatever you say, you know, like, yeah. he's not an impressionable, you know, kid anymore. But he's also not petulant, like in Empire Strikes Back, you know, he's gonna listen, you know, and give Sebioth respect, but he's it's also almost like he's overcorrecting, like, yeah. he made a mistake before when he was disrespectful to Yoda. And now he's like, going too far in the other direction and, and giving Sabiath, like too much of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So but he's not going to give him the keys to the house yet. No. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's not an idiot. Yeah. So Anymore. a few things of note of note. <laughs> Although he can't read. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Matthew. The dumbest Star Wars theory ever. <laughs> So, I am kidding. I do believe that Luke can read. Thank you. Say <laughs> it's to annoy Nancy. Yeah. Han probably can. Yeah. Han was uh, in his old backstory, he was valedictorian at the Imperial Academy. Han He's... probably taught Luke to read. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, no, you're probably using right. like dirty magazines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is this like a league of their own? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Milky. Why? Does, does that mean I can end this show with a Madonna uh, song? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So <laughs> thank you, Amanda, for making that reference. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, a few things of note in the scene. Uh, Sabioth mentions Leia and her twins. 
Uh, and Luke isn't surprised that the information is out. Um, but just that Sabiath heard it in this isolated place. So apparently the New Republic publicists have disseminated, now disseminated the information. I'm guessing now they figure she's showing they can't hide it anymore. Well, they're just space Kardashians. And so, of course, <laughs> their business is on everybody's hollow tubes. Listen. Excuse me, the space Kardashians are the Kardashians. <laughs> There wow, that, that works. <laughs> that works better than it really should. Uh, yeah. So, um, also, I I liked uh, this line from Sabiath: "Do not look to lesser beings for beings for justice. We are the true justice in the galaxy." I'm like, Jesus, any question how he is? <laughs> I know he's he's yeah. Um. Also, Saviath calls droids an abomination. Um, and while Luke is appalled by this, he does tell R2 to stay in the X-Wing to look for any ab- abnormalities. Um, also would like to point out that this ends up working in Luke's favor later on. That That's just code for keep the ship warm in case I need to get the F out of here. Yeah, pretty much. Right this was interesting to me, though, because like... You know, he says, what does he say? He says, droids are creatures that reason, but, but, eh, I'm sorry, I can't talk. Droids are creatures that reason, but yet are not genuinely part of the force. And like Luke agrees with that insofar as, you know, he doesn't think they're abominations, but he agrees with that like definition. But then if you'll recall, and I made a note of this when we discussed it back in Era to the Empire, he senses 3PO. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, if exactly. they're not part of the force, how can he like sense his presence? That's, That's how annoying three PO is. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe he, with his force two senses, heard three PO's telltale gait on the concrete, hmm. and that's how he knew it was three PO. But it may no, just be that his force sense is that of interminable obnoxiousness. <laughs> it may just be that Don contradicted himself in a very minor way that yeah, I. You know, I to pick up on but i think that's I, I don't know is. i just thought it was interesting i think that's what it is so um also i'm now wondering what what Sabiath would think of the yuzan vong because <laughs> i would like to send him to them I, and let's find out <laughs> i feel like Sabiath is probably a gigantic xenophobe and racist oh god yeah totally 100 percent. and like even for like you know you know, diversity-friendly, inclusionary, like, Jedi, you know, the Yuzang Vong are, like, freaking disgusting, so... Yeah. Actually, I'm wondering if, um, if he ever had an encounter with them, or... I, I think he, he... I think he knew about them. I don't I don't know, maybe, like, I'm, I'm trying to think... Maybe of, he did during Outbound Flight, and yeah, that's... That's um, what I'm trying to think of. That's why they hate Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So... If he's the only one you'd ever met, you would hate Jedi, too. It's true. <laughs> Um, so Sabiath brings Luke immediately to the village to practice his judgment skills, because apparently that's what you do as a Jedi. Uh, Sabiath, as they're driving, Sabiath mentions another being he can sense use a force. And Luke, uh, says, yeah, I've met her. (laughs) Her name's Mara Jade. And Sabiath's like, you've met her? And I'm like, oh my god, you're such a creeper. Freaking stop it. (laughs) Like, it's so gross. Like, ugh. So it's uh, safe to say you don't ship it, Nancy? No, I don't ship anything with Kaboth. See, oh, now wait. I'm calling on that too. Wait, I got it. <laughs> what? Kaboth would have wanted to build a wall at Vector Prime, but would have failed because it was logistically impossible. Yes, 
I'm, yes. Yes. <laughs> a space wall. A space wall. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not going to be happy until I paint him as space Trump. Space Trump, Sabio. <laughs> well, now you've got me thinking of him as space Tholians. Well, which are just Tholians, I guess. I thought but, you know. Thalia was space Trump. Although no, I've just I I I was someone was making that comparison on Twitter, and I said that's mean to failure. <laughs> it's just because of the fur. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um. So Luke asks Sabioth about outbound flight, but Sabioth deflects his question very smoothly. Um, it's not that smooth. No, it's not. <laughs> like no, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> I know he's not as good as Card is at you know doing that sort of thing. I mean. He- he doesn't Anything. just straight up say, I can't tell you about it because I don't remember it. But yeah. like, you know, he might as well. <laughs> yeah. So um, Sabiath disperses judgment for two gentlemen named Tarm and Sphan. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, my God, those stupid names. <laughs> well, and let's like, you know, if he hadn't already given him reason enough not to trust him, like. He he calls it the judgment of Kavoth. Like yeah. never trust somebody who refers to themselves in the third person. Right. Never. <laughs> right, Bob Dole. <laughs> Bob Dole, Bob Dole, Bob Dole. Um so um this judgment does not go well. Uh Sfan <laughs> I can't say that name seriously. Sfan tries to shoot Sabioth, but Sabioth instead shoots him with all too well remembered force lightning instead, because pain. That's when you need the drama button in your hand. Luke, like, that's how you know he's evil. Luke, <laughs> dear God, you've been on the other side of this. Yeah, evil force lightning, Luke. Well, that's what it even says. All too well remembered, and Luke is like, uh, and then he's like, we need to help this guy, and Sabiath is like, no, leave him there. Pain is a good teacher, and Luke is like, uh, Luke, you moron, leave. Listen. <laughs> Listen, he's he's getting there. He's mentally taken two steps backwards and is like checking out of here. I really do like the scene though as like a counterpoint to the scene earlier with Luke in the bar and like passing yes. judgment. Well, and, and, oh, it's yeah. a really it's a really nice parallel. Yeah, we mentioned um early uh we mentioned, you know, all of Zahn's breadcrumbs that he likes to put in and that scene is As I was reading it, I'm like, this seems kind of like pointless, except for, you know, introducing Farrier Farrier again. And then also the whole idea of Luke not being okay with judgment. And that's why he is willing to accept Sabiath for as long as he does. Um, So two things of note here is Sabiath referring to his residence as the High Castle, which we talked about before we started recording. (laughs) Now let's play a creepy version of what's the song? Edelweiss? Yeah, Edelweiss. Yeah. Yeah. Edelweiss. Yep. The key of D. Yep, that's the theme song to Man in the High Castle in case. I was going to say, it's also the tank in Valkyria Chronicles. (laughs) D-A-D-G-D-G-A-A-7. Okay. If I recall correctly from my days in the sound of music. <laughs> that, yeah, that's correct. Oh, <laughs> also, Sabioth tells Luke, you will refer to me as, you will address me as master. And I'm like, uh, shut up, shut up, shut up. I can't refer to you. This could be a really great, filthy slash fic right there. No. Could. No. Amanda. Listening abs. No. I mean, not I mean, for I'm them, not but pretty sure. <laughs> you call my abs as a spray bottle. I mean, I don't know if that works as slash fic for them, but it sure works for Kylo and Hux. Oh, God. 
or Luke and Mara, <laughs> which is canon, by the way. I mean, in Legends, it was canon. Right now, it's just legendary. She, she called him master a few times. Just saying. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, I like the next scene because Luke basically uses R2 as his therapist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's, it is a brilliant moment in here when Luke's like, well, what? What bad motives could he possibly have? And R2 starts with a list yes. of his possible malfeasance, and it's not a short list. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to think that like, R2's uh, inner monologue here is, you mother effer, you're as, your dad was a mess, you're a hot mess, come on, man. <laughs> idiot, idiot, like, idiot, 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 yeah. idiot, idiot. Like I like the understatement of, like, it says, I didn't quote it, I didn't write it down, but he says something like, R2 had clearly given this some thought. Yeah. <laughs> like, R2's sitting up there alone in the X-Wing. He has nothing else to do. Nothing Making to do, a list. But yeah. It's great. Yeah. I love R2. Um, I, Luke, though, he thinks Savioth is insane, and he wants because to help him. Because he's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, but, Luke is finally right about something yeah, here. But he wants to help him, because he's, he's the Luke. sweetest little puppy. He really is. He yeah. really is the sweetest. He is. And I, I actually, seriously, though, I, I, I like the distinction Zahn creates between insane and being evil. Um, because, you know, so many times that's shorthand for being bad. Um, and Luke is like, no, I think he's ill and we need to help him. Um, you know, later on, of course, you know, things don't go so well, but. Yeah, because, you know. Right, but right case, now he's like, I want to give him lithium and a warm blanket. Yeah. yeah. In this case, they the insane and the evil do not happen to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but is he insane in the membrane? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I I also like Luke saying, I'm not a healer. Why do I keep trying to be one? And I'm like, oh dear, this is this this that's your arc through legends. <laughs> I mean, just seriously. There it is, he's, right there. He's got an interesting theory here that I that I took note of about dead Jedi anchoring themselves to a living one, and yeah. that maybe that's what Savioth, drove Savioth insane. And like, even though it's wrong. Like, it's interesting because, like, it shows how much Luke and, you know, we, the audience, really don't know about the Force. Yeah. And, like, even now, like, with, you know, new stuff coming out in canon, we still don't know that much about the Force. And that could still be, like, a viable, like, theory. I mean, like, not for that specifically because, like, we know, you know, from from the prequels how that works. But, yeah. like, it's interesting. I liked it. Yeah, we still don't have a lot of information about how Force Ghost works and how. Yeah, exactly just that, that Obi Wan and... like spent a long time, you know, yeah. studying. And <laughs> and we, you know, it's easy to, you know, think, oh, we know all this stuff now. But remember, back in 1991, we didn't even know what Luke and Leia's mother's name was. We didn't even know about midi chlorians. Yeah, so <laughs> so I mean that was you know that's some of the speculation that happened in the early EU, and you know just because people had no idea what the force, how the force worked, and all this stuff, so authors just kind of spitballed ideas, and yeah. some of them worked, some of them didn't. <laughs> um, so. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like that whole discussion. And it's interesting to note that while we know that Sabioth is a clone, um the who who died on Alpon Flight, 
Luke, that doesn't ever pop into his mind as a possibility. Um, why would it? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's true. Why would it? But at the same time, like, you wonder, okay, how did he survive? And also the whole thing with the math and the ages, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I actually don't remember if he ends up figuring it out. And I'm really looking forward to seeing if he does figure it out or if they find out some other way. So. I just, I don't remember either. I just, I kind of assume that like he doesn't figure it out because again, like why would you leap to that conclusion? And like Thrawn is all like, note the telltale mispronunciation of Joris with yeah. the W, and it's like <laughs> nobody knows that. Like, come on, Thrawn does. <laughs> although, although I I did like that uh, when uh, when Kaboth is referring to himself, he's like, would you think that Joris Kaboth would do this or that or whatever? And he's yeah. like using the, the W, so yeah. it's it's. I don't know what that means, but it's interesting. It is. So uh, we move away from Luke, boo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) To that's the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) To the Han and Lando decorating show on HGTV. (laughs) Really, seriously. (laughs) It's not Property Brothers. It's Property Bros. Now, I want to tell you that the blue is in very limited quantity. So if you want the blue, you're going to need to call this 800 number right now. No, that's Home Shopping Network, not HGTV. That's different. Get your garbage TV straight, Brian. <laughs> Demo <I have> day! <laughs> I love that it opens with them in the, the bar. bar. Like most well-loved. I'm like only a Corellian private army has a would bar. have a bar. And, which it, we and find it's out not later. just it has like a pretty nice stock room. Yeah, it's not just a crappy little bar. It's a it's like a nice <laughs> swanky place. Oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, you've nice got hundreds of selections like up front, yeah. and then a bunch of stuff in the back. Yeah, there's probably know, like a maitre d. <laughs> it's not unusual for military or paramilitary organizations to have a bar. I mean, the 4077th Mash had one, but this it is. Did, but it so, took them a while to get it. But this is and this supposed to be mobile. Sorry, hang on. I'm checking 4077th Mash off of my uh, reference bingo sheet today. <laughs> oh God! How often does that one? Get we haven't talked about, about Frazier yet. It took them forever to get that officers' club. <laughs> Sorry, what? Radar's ordering a grape knee-high right now. I couldn't hear you. Oh, my God. And Klinger's going to serve it. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I mean, I yeah, know. I've, oh my never, God, I've seen I've every episode seen of that, that show. <laughs> yeah. Me too, Amanda. Me too. Uh, so anyway, they are talking all about uh, the history of Bell Illis's organization um, and their fights against the Empire. Uh, we learned that Bell Iblis met Phalia shortly after... Um, the fight at Tangreen, which is when they first gained the Empire's attention. Bell Iblis basically starts drilling Han about the unofficial alliance hierarchy um, before he answers questions about what Philia wants from him. So he's kind of like, all right, I'll tell you what I want, what you want to know if you tell me what I want to know. Specifically, he wants to know what Mon Mothwa is up to, which um, we find out later on why. <laughs> and meanwhile, Lan- Lando demands to know why Bell Iblis didn't j- join the Alliance. And Lando is really uh, angry about this whole thing. <laughs> which I th- Lando's not drinking. Han no. notices that like everybody else has knocked back a few and Lando's still nursing his first one. Yeah. I f- I f- like, since when does Lando not drink everybody under the table? Well, Lando, oh, right, gets real- Lando gets a really nice Colt 45 and just nurses it because it, you know, it <laughs> works every time. <laughs> Oh, shush. Oh, so it's not Mad Dog? (laughs) 
but oh, I Han says it's some fruity concoction. Yeah, it's something I would drink. Hey, you know what? Lando was comfortable enough in his masculinity to order fruity alcoholic drinks. So yeah. good on him. <laughs> I I find it so interesting that Lando is the one who's really mad about Del Iblis not joining the rebellion, considering how Lando ended up joining the rebellion. I don't know he if Lando even really cares about that. I just think that he's like He's suspicious because he knows Bell Iblis. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, he knows Bell Iblis is lying about something. Yeah. Or at least withholding information, and like that's that's what's pissing him off. I think that's what's making him suspicious, and yeah. also that like you know there's probably like a a bit of like best bro jealousy going on because like Han <laughs> is like fawning all over this guy, and he's like, well, I'm your best friend. <laughs> Aww. I mean that that's that, honestly like that's that's how I read it. <laughs> Maybe, I guess, yeah. That makes sense now. Um, romance thing. So um <laughs> later on, uh so Bella this is kind of like, all right, uh time to leave as soon as they start, you know, getting to the subjects they want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so uh Han and Lando later talk on their own discussing Bell Iblis's true motives and whether this could be an Imperial scam or not. Uh, I love this. Which I thought was really interesting. It's like, all right, we're going to get this guy who looks like Bell Iblis and use him to lure us. And it's like, that's actually like, kind of a thing Thrawn would do. Thrawn would do that. <laughs> well, and it's also an idea that uh, Zahn returns to in uh, The Hand of Thrawn. Yeah. But um, I, I liked it because like, you know, Lando overthinking things like that is really evidence of like the psychological damage that that Thrawn has done to the rebels just by existing, like yeah. just from them knowing that there is a Grand Admiral out there. Like he's got them like so like twisted up their own butts that like <laughs> Lando Lando is concocting a, these ridiculous phrase. conspiracy theories. Yeah, and it's, I have to uh, make a little meta note on this chapter, and that is that we see the word bathroom. Oh, we do. Oh, it's oh, not we? fresher in there. We don't see the word bathroom again in Star Wars. I was going to say it's, it's usually a fresher, right? It's a fresher. I'm not um, confusing this is prior my... to the coining of that term. Um, it becomes the fresher pretty soon. I will. I will certainly mark down the first instance of it when we see it. I don't know why I got put on potty patrol, but I did. Um, Are you potty training your kid again? Uh, bathroom got through editorial in uh, Honor Among Thieves, which was the last Legends book mm. before they canceled it. I think and they, other than that, we do not see Bathroom. I think at Again, that let's... point, uh, the editorial team was starting to make the transition to new canon and ditching all of these stupid uh, space words that shouldn't listen, actually exist. They had senioritis. They listen, were, they were the Scarlet Hark says that she could ask for the bathroom in Shrewook. Um, and that's the next time you see bathroom. It's like 20 odd years later. Listen, sometimes space words are awesome, like slicer, which should always be slicer and never hacker. I agree. It should be that way. That should be the earth word should be slicer. Then there's fresher and flimsy plast. Fresher and transparasteel and duracrete. I know all of them. I don't mind duracrete. I don't mind, um... I don't mind transparent. Yeah, transparent. Yeah, I like Trans- I like transparent or, or, steel. Or the Star Trek equivalent, transparent aluminum. Like, that's that's a, fine. That's okay, but f flimsy plast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like the bathroom in Star Trek is waste extraction. Oh. Or at least that's what Rom calls it. Ew. Oops. Um. So then comes the weirdest part of these 
chapters, which is when Lando examined the chairs in their quarters, (laughs) because why the hell wouldn't he? Because he's such a dandy. And he discovers... He is a little bit of a dandy. He discovers their blue on blue gold underneath, and only one fleet ever use blue gold for their ships. Actually, no, I a coincidence fleet. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, now I'm 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 remembering how he's basically saying, "Oh, these quarters are probably cobbled together from their old ship parts," you know, and so he's like, "These these chairs are probably you know." left over and he looks at them and then he like is like wait a minute well, this they're talking about it's actually fairly the ability natural to bug out of the base on three minutes notice yeah, yeah. and so they're it's talking about fairly natural how he brings it up like it didn't seem forced to me and i love that they use lando because literally the only other character i would buy this from is winter and that's because she remembers everything yes yeah. <laughs> well and but i love lando's explanation lando for it too. That he, yeah, like, he got stuck Lando, with a map. <laughs> yeah, paying attention to what color the underside of the chairs is because he is such a dandy. Because, of course, that would stick out of mm, blue gold. Maybe I'm going to do my new office in that trim. <laughs> well, like, it was just looking for okay, new Amanda, interior you decor just did the best ideas. Lando of any of us on the show. <laughs> Which isn't oh, hard, okay. mind you. But, <laughs> but it's also not just that not just him liking decorations and stuff it's also that he researched it for two months which he got stuck with a fake map and, and i can well, and the color yeah. of the chairs is something that he retained from that though yeah. like well, that's I think what he I retained everything probably but um yeah he uh he he's like yeah this is from the katana fleets <laughs> it's like oh how did that happen again <laughs> And, like, um, the general, like, rule of thumb with, like, writing is you get, like, one, like, big coincidence, and I guess this could be it. But it's still, like, wow, they just happen to, like, stumble upon these guys they've when Thrawn just happens to be looking for ships and when Card just happens to be expositoring about the Katana I mean, fleet. Yeah. It is the title of the book. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so there is that. So they want to find out if the dreadnoughts are actually from the Katana fleet or not. So Lando says there's this one piece. Uh, there's he can look at the repeater display um, to check and make sure. Uh, so they go back to the headquarters lounge. Um, Han goes with the bartender to check for a bottle they can bring back to uh, their of quarters. He does. I love this. Bit. No, he wants. Does he? Does he lean over the bar and just kind of whisper, "Whiskey"? What? No. Raiders reference. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was gonna say that's a reference to something. I'm just pointing. I I want to. Point. No, I'm disappointed. It was something I like watched less than a month ago. <laughs> I'm disappointed in all of you. That's not. I the... knew it was a reference. Give me that. Listen, I am just wanting to emphasize the fact that they want a bottle. That they can bring back to their yeah, room. Yeah, we get it. They're going to drink and have sex. <laughs> no. They're, they're and, gonna... and let's talk about how the bartender does not bat an eye right. at this. Hashtag Corellian. Now, uh, the, the big question here, is it a uh, bottle of red or a bottle of white? Or is it really dependent on whatever kind of mood they're in tonight? <sighs> Brian. Okay, they're Shut also <laughs> not going to have linguine God. with clams. Oh my god, I hate you all. I mean, Han will meet you <laughs> anytime you, you want That's at your Italian restaurant. <laughs> you know, I've been to the restaurant that song's about. 
That's a, How's the food? I'm so jealous. Brian, we're the never going delicious. There. It's on Long Island. My in-laws took me. Nope. How's the food? It was good. It was really good. I For had those of you who are lost in the audience, they are referring to the song Scenes from an Italian Restaurant by Billy Joel. Also, educate yourself, children. Slice it into the end of the episode, Brian. <laughs> 10 out of 10, I would eat the meatballs and the veal parmesan again. Shit, now I want meatballs. And now I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning and I want Italian food. And I live in Germany. This is a problem. Oh. <laughs> so, um, I... I I actually like the idea more of Han and Lando going back to the room drinking and like confessing all their deep dark secrets and having like deep you know man to man bro talk like truth or dare yeah or Han being like I'm really upset about Leia <laughs> I don't know what to do my kids it's are going to be able to... in a position of power exposes all my insecurities and it makes me feel like less of a man and I want to support her but I don't know how my kids exactly are going to know that. how to use the force and I'm not going to be able to teach them and I feel like their uncle's going to be a better guardian than me welcome to legends where we discuss and break down toxic masculinity <laughs> <laughs> um, so um Meanwhile, Although if you shift to canon like Han, you really don't have to worry about that because Luke done screwed up big time. Listen, they all have, okay? <laughs> Kylo Ren more than any of them. <laughs> so uh, while Han is back taking his time looking for the right uh, bottle, he comes back and Lando is there with um, Irina's. <laughs> And a blaster to his back. Yeah, and he's like, uh, did you find what you were looking for? And Lando's like, yep. <laughs> so um, Irina's takes them out to a land speeder where Cena is waiting. Um, instead of yelling at them for snooping, she asks Han to talk to Mon Mothma and the council about inviting Bell Iblis to join the New Republic. Um, or rejoining, rather. Uh, we learn about the Karelian Treaty and how Bell Iblis convinced the three largest resistance groups to come together to form the Alliance. But and we know that Bail Organa was very, very important. He was. Remember Alderaan. Yes. Uh, Remember Alderaan. <laughs> but after Bail Organa died on Alderaan, uh, Mon Mothma started to gain... With Alderaan. <laughs> with, oh, right. with two billion other people. Yeah. Uh, Mon Mothma basically Two started. Billion. Yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, it was a small planet. That's why it was and like peaceful. A billion and people is a lot. Very populated, apparently. Two billion is a lot. It's a lot Not of for people. a planet. Yeah, sure it is. We've got seven billion here. Yeah, but we suck. We, <laughs> I mean, we're this overpopulating is, and destroying our climate. This is unassailable. We're more responsible than that. This and is unassailable logic. So contraception wasn't a problem. This well, is and also, like, you have a whole galaxy that you can go to. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But this is unassailable logic. We do suck. We do. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I w honestly, like, that was all the argument I needed. I was <laughs> like, yeah, no, good point. Moving on. <laughs> um, so uh, eventually, um, Mom Othma started to gain more and more power, power and Bell Iblis eventually took his ball and went home. <laughs> Much. Yeah, like I don't want to play anymore. Less, <laughs> less here and more later. But like Bill Iblis kind of comes off like a petulant child. Oh, he in, is. In these books, he is, and I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> like I like him, but he's also kind of a child. He is. He's a he's a dude. 
Um, He's Karelian. <laughs> He's Sorry. a dude. You're right. He is a white male again, Karelian. Again, all the argument. I need. <laughs> Good point. Moving on. He's a dude. Um, so Han agrees to talk to Mon Mothma if Cena tells them about the Katana fleet. Han points out that if Thrawn realizes that Bel Idlis has a line on the fleet, he'll he'll attack and basically try to find out where he's getting the ships from. Um, Cena has a line on the ships. Yeah. Cena tells them about their contact, who they've met at the Coral Vanda Casino on Pantoloman, which I love that planet name, by the way. Um, and I'm just going to call it Pantolomis. Yeah, Pantolomis. That's what I think of, Pantolomis. <laughs> which is kind of funny, considering that's where Face Loran came from, which make, yeah. is so I, I literally right. can't say that without a strong Spanish accent. Yeah. Like, it's Pantolomin. <laughs> can't wait for you to meet Face, Rogue Padron. Yes. Oh, God. Um. So, yeah, of, of course, Han and Lando's first thought is, all right, well, we got to go to the Coral Vanda Casino. <laughs> Oh, the casino. As yeah, you no, do. that's definitely the next step. Yep, <laughs> casino. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> so they, um, and Cena describes their contact, and I, I was trying to place them because I don't remember who it was or if they ever meet them because it's how long it's been since I've read this book, and I'm like, can I figure out who they're describing? And I can't, so. Uh, spoiler, they're not describing anyone. Oh. Well, poo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't want you to get your hopes up. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, they still, Hun and Lando still get to go to a casino. So really, there's no losing in this situation. An awesome right? underwater casino. I mean, yeah. I really like, I don't like gamble. I don't like casinos. <laughs> but like, I, w- I would go on that ship. Oh, it's yeah. a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. For your money. <laughs> That's your best Akbar. <laughs> It's a trap. I don't. Okay, I don't, that was better. I'm sorry. I don't. Let's all do Akbar. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> oh god. See Han and Landa going to a casino here. Now all I can think of is SNL, and they're two wild and crazy guys. <laughs> they are. They the, are. The Han and Lando road trip romance is like my favorite thing about this series yeah, and especially how Lando keeps going I don't know how I get myself into this <laughs> why am I still here because you turned Han over to Darth Vader that's why you are <laughs> indebted for life dude penance, it's your own so. fault <laughs> so um I my note here now is to compare the Karelian Treaty to what we know about the formation of the Rebellion, and this is when I wish that we had gotten to these uh, chapters after we saw Rogue One. <laughs> you can come back to it because I mean it is an interesting like. Oh, we I will. mean it lines up with what we know from Rebels. You know that there are yeah. disparate you know yeah they... uh, groups that I mean are aware of each other because I mean they sent those Y wings to to General Maydeen. To Donna, but. Uh, Dodonna, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's right. Maydeen's the beardy. Well, they're both beardy ones, but Maydeen's the other beardy Maydeen's one. Maydeen's should be um, still in the Empire at this point if they stick to that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it lines up. So, I mean, you know, like, I don't know if we're going to get what you want in Rogue One. But oh, I, I know mean... we're not. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> Bell Iblis doesn't exist. So, <laughs> but like, I, I, you know, I've said that I want that. Um, rebel leaders thing to happen in canon um i'm really hoping that we get the x-wing um in rebels 
But um, yeah, the the whole like disparate cells and coming together has been pretty um, consistent. And I know a lot of that came out of West End Games and not necessarily Zon. Um, and I know a lot of the people working on Rebels are big fan of West End Games stuff. Um, and Zon. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry, I was just thinking like if we get an X-Wing on Rebels, like the internet is going to set itself oh, on fire. <laughs> well, well, at the Rebels panel at... Um, uh dragon con a little kid was asked um are we going to see an x-wing <laughs> and henry gilroy was like um you will not be disappointed <laughs> so <laughs> basically that's what he said um um but yeah Believe i mean i'm already training my three-year-old for these kinds of questions oh <laughs> are you He's training your, are, are you weaponizing your three-year-old against rebels producers because if so i have the utmost respect for you <laughs> i am weaponizing my toddler against everyone nice i'm gonna say why well, have a child if you're not going to weaponize them <laughs> that's you the should hear him if we are in the store and he sees something with kylo ren on it he says that's darth vader's grandson oh god <laughs> that's what spoilers kid <laughs> Honestly, if 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 you like solidified on that name on the the, the uh, high cast reference, I, I really think that weaponizing your toddler <laughs> should, should be a, should be a good the, the name podcast name. Um. So yeah, I I I'm hoping that the scene from the Rogue One trailers of um them talking about the Death Star and all the Senate where all the senators are there. I'm kind of really hoping that that is this canon's equivalent of the Corellian Trudy. Cause I where would... they all shake hands and go, now we are a rebel alliance. Yes. And, terrible. <laughs> yes. and then they crack open a bottle of something and drink to their mutual demise. Yeah. I now we... pronounce you a rebel alliance. <laughs> <laughs> you may kiss anyone in the room who you choose to kiss. Jin kisses Cassian. <laughs> or Krennic's like it's like there's some kind of rebel alliance <laughs> well I mean they already go uh rogue rogue one <laughs> <laughs> well we know that Darth Vader has heard of the rebel alliance by 10 minutes after the end of rogue one that's true you are part of the rebel alliance and a traitor take, take it away, away. <laughs> exactly and Maybe it Vader would, names it. I mean it would make sense that the you know, the Declaration of the Rebellion, the Clarillion Trilogy, whatever you want to call it, happens not long before A New Hope, because that's when Palpatine, um, you know, disbands the Senate. And that seems like a bunch of senators coming together to form a rebel alliance seems like something that would make him do that. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, yeah. fine, screw you guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to. Be I just feel bad for like the the rebellion PR intern that didn't realize they weren't supposed to put out that press release. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they tweeted they were, like, about it. They were super proud then of how well written it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was screenshotted. Um, so they go back to the Lady Luck because they're gonna go off to the casino, of course. Um, but Bell Iblis is waiting for them because he's a smart dude. Um, they, uh, they say, you know, they want to go talk to, uh, Bellibus's contact, see if they can convince him to turn the Katana fleet over to the New Republic. Um, before they leave, Han promises to, uh, Cena not to betray Bell Iblis, 
Um, and as they're preparing to launch, Han expresses concerns about something bad happening to Leia. So this I is- really like the bit where Han, like, you know, where Cena threatens Han. And yeah. he's like, his internal monologue is like, lady, you are a candy ass. But like, <laughs> but like he humors no her. Like yeah. he, he doesn't laugh in her face. He's like, he's very serious and respectful about it. I like this that. This is Han's a kinder, a gentler Han Solo. Yeah. Because yeah. let's face it, the Han Solo we first meet in New Hope would not have been so tactful no. there. He would have laughed in her face. He would have. He, yeah. I, um, so yeah, this, this, um, uh, whole conversation is when I start chipping Mon Mothma and Bailiff West really hard. <laughs> because the whole story of things going bad between them and him saying too many people know what happened between us. I'm like, oh, come on, dude. Oh, and then he has to show up with like He's like, when I come back, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be the biggest fleet. And I have to. It has to, to be grand. I have to have so many phallic. Yeah. Like giant <laughs> freaking peacock. Rusting into the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. He can't just come back as a human being. He has to come back as like the greatest armada. Karelians. Karelians have hyper masculinity. If you pictures of what dreadnoughts are supposed to look like, they, they're pretty phallic. Yeah. I mean, Curlians are hyper masculine, so yeah, I, I, yeah, he's, it's, it's pretty much like the woman I loved, uh, did me wrong and made a fool of me, and I refuse to go back unless she grovels at her feet, and I can prove how useful I am, and she'll have no choice but to accept. I'll me. have the coolest car, and she'll be so jealous <laughs> of my bitch and Camaro. <laughs> Hashtag hate sex. Yeah. So yeah, I this is, this is like my total thought is that they were. And that's why I liked that Mon Mothma and Krennic fic that uh we mentioned earlier. <laughs> that's basically what it I was. I love all things Krennic. I adore him. Yeah. But yeah. So um, this is when Nancy. So young twelve-year-old Nancy, of course, that that whole um idea kind of flew over my head because I was like, what old people don't do it. <laughs> I mean, now, honestly, it never even occurred to me until you like brought it up. But like, yeah, I, I can see that. Now that's, I'm, that's, now, that's not like one of the more like you know far fetched ships I've heard about. <laughs> well, that's why I like it because it's like it's it's something that is so um like it's so pl- it's completely plausible. Yeah, but yeah. it's also like it it's so under the radar that unless you're you know looking for it, it's you're not going to see it. So. Okay, so um, we move on completely to another uh, scene with Paleon and Thrawn, which is really just to set up the next chapter. Um, it's kind of... I, I don't know why it's here, except to sort of give a foreboding to... Uh, to it had to be somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so Paleon gives Thrawn a report from a smuggler contact that the Millennium Falcon was found near Endor. I mean, I guess that's why that was here, because they need to go to Endor. Um, Thrawn believes that Leia is looking for something there, like perhaps information about the Mount Tantus storehouse. Um, and he thinks that they use Kabarak's release from the Wookiees as a distraction so that Thrawn wouldn't go looking there. 
Um, I really like this because now Thrawn is overthinking yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thrawn is like, hashtag not wrong. everything is a Byzantine plot, Thrawn. Right. And I also, I also really like his his like disparaging like comment about the Ewoks. Yes. <laughs> that just, like, that just <laughs> delighted me. Ewoks, yeah. I oh, and what what I love actually about this whole bit is that the, there's this reference to the Millennium Falcon just parked lonely yeah. on Endor. That's so sad. And, like, Let's talk about where in the character arc of Han Solo that finds itself. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't because she? She might kind not of have said it deal. already. I think later on she like says like Han's going to kill me for leaving the the Falcon parked in the orbit around Endor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, I yeah, and I liked I like that he is overthinking things now because it's like. Well, I mean, I don't think it actually is Thrawn overthinking things. I think that's just the way he is. But he... He just assumes everybody else is, is like... overthinking things. Plotting the way yeah. he's plotting. Yeah. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? It's delightful. Right. <laughs> and I also like it because this is a second book, and you think that... Um, so, in the first book, Thrawn is pretty much right about everything. And in this book which is the second book, which is typically when the bad guys are supposed to, like, win at the end, he's getting everything wrong. Like, he's so close, but wrong. I really like the way Leia put it. She's like, he had, like, the information and he ran in the completely opposite direction with it. Yeah. So, um, as they head to Endor, Thrawn gets another report from the from Abrogado Ray, which I really like that planet name and I always have. Um, saying that they captured one of Talonkard's freighters. Um, and it ends with saying he read he reads the report very, very carefully. Um, and re- as a reminder from book one, uh, Finn Torv's ship, and Torv is the guy who brought Lando and Han to Card's base on Merkur, um, was impounded on the Abrogado Ray spaceport, and Han agreed to get it out of impoundment. So, obviously, someone in Card's group has gone back to get the ship finally, and I wonder who that person could be. Who could it be? We will find out. Do they have red hair? In next week's episode. So, yeah, those are. Except we just found out now because Amanda said it. (laughs) No, I asked a question. She asked a question. It could be. There, there was a question mark in there. It could have been Aves. I mean, there are a limited number of characters in Card's crew. Uh, there's Aves. There's Ghent. There's Chin. There's Torv himself. There's Torv. I'm trying to think well, of Torv who Torv really can't go back for it because, like, his face is known. I, I want Chin to go and him going, he! <laughs> Using his weird <laughs> dialect that he has. Is Chin racist? Like, is he like supposed to be like an Asian stereotype, like speaking pidgin English? I, I mean, the kind so. of impression I get. I think he's just weird. I mean, maybe it's the name Chin. Like, I, I don't know. Like, he always I, he always made me uncomfortable. I think I no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not saying Timothy sounds racist. It's just like. <laughs> I think it's just the name Chin and like the sort of weird like pigeon English that he speaks. Like I put the two together and like I get a very bad picture in my mind. You being racist, not <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, because people suck. I mean, everyone's yeah. a little bit racist sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes. 
Now, we're just we, referencing fair, everything I tonight. Racist. I was racist in a way that I did not like, so. Oh. No, yeah. I'm going to have that song in my head forever. That's your fault. I know. Yes. All right. So, uh, chapters 13 through 16, final thoughts. Brian. Luke, get your ass away from that crazy clone. <laughs> those, those are good thoughts. Uh, Matthew. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I pretty much said it all already. Uh, <laughs> talked a lot. I always talk a lot. Um, That's yeah, what you do no, in a good, podcast. That's <laughs> no, true. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, no, I, I liked I liked these chapters. Um, one thing I didn't mention is is that Zahn, and talking about racism, Zahn falls into the trap that a lot of sci-fi writers do in like sort of describing members of a species as having like innate traits yeah like all bothans are like shifty political all klingons are warriors you know like that kind of thing that i don't love and like you know it works better in some places than others like it's really unfortunate when it comes to the ferengi mm-hmm. but like you know you see it in, in star wars too like all rodians are bounty hunters and all this or that you know all all the guys in the or I can't remember the name of the species that they're all musicians, you know, it's like, yeah. um, so he, he falls into the, a little of that here, but mostly like these are really good chapters. It's really good character work. Like I said, I really liked, you know, the, the things that, you know, we sort of learn about Luke trying to sort of overcompensate for like being wrong about Yoda. Yeah. Um, interesting backstory with Bell Iblis and the formation of the Rebel Alliance. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Amanda. Um, let's see. Leia needs to realize that any day now her center of gravity is going to shift and she's not <laughs> going to be able to run from danger like she always has. So perhaps she should find a hiding place she can stay in for a while. Um, Luke needs to stop listening to his big, sweet, bleeding heart and start <laughs> listening to his astromech droid because R2 has all of the brains in that relationship right now. <laughs> um, and and uh, everybody needs to listen to Lando's gut because apparently blue gold chairs are very important. And if you're not the kind of guy who gets down on the floor and examines the furniture in minute <laughs> detail, you might miss an entire fleet of dreadnoughts. That's a good good advice to have. Um, and that, and that actually is kind of funny considering that Lando and Card kind of become friends later on in Legends, and that that makes perfect sense. It really does. That's what Card <laughs> would do. Uh, Tyler, last thoughts from you. Um, I'm. I mean, everything's been said. You know. Um, next time, next week, time, you, you are. Next week, you're talking first. So get ready. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, unrelated, yeah. but uh, Gladiolus is the best uh, boy in Final Fantasy 15. Because the abs. <laughs> there we go. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, Star Wars is cool. Star Wars <laughs> is cool, as is Thrawn and the Thrawn cast. And we are a Tashi Station podcast which has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. You can find us all on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station, Nancy Pants, it's Nancy with an I, Lane Winree, MR Bowers, Manda the Ginger, and Cyberpunk Warlock, that's Warlock with a K. You can find all of our columns and news at Tashi-station.net. Tune in next week when Mara gets herself and Card into some deep, deep Bantha Poodoo. <laughs>